0: Hi St James. Uh, This is the sermon in English. Uh, My name is Ali Taylor. I'm one of the vicars at St James Church. Uh, Thank you for listening in. Our readings today are taken from Acts chapter 3 verses 12 to 19 and Luke 24, 36 to 49. So I'm going to read the Acts reading first. Acts 3, 12 to 19. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus this man was healed and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. friends. I realise that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling all the prophets have foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Our Gospel reading is from Luke 24, 36-49. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you can see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. And then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness for sins for all who repent you are witnesses of these things and now i will send the holy spirit just as my father promised but stay here in the city until the holy spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven so these readings are part of the easter tide seasonal spectrum so this season goes from easter right through to pentecost And it's a time when we match up Jesus' death and resurrection with the early church. It's a time when we look through Luke's gospel right into Acts. Whenever we look in the Bible, it's got John in the middle. And sometimes it makes us think Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And then Acts is completely separate and almost Acts belongs to Romans. When in fact, no, Acts belongs to Luke. And it's this flow that we're looking at over this season. The church grew because the Holy Spirit filled the disciples, enabled them to go. The Holy Spirit was not released until Jesus released the Holy Spirit after he died and was resurrected. And so you can see there is this long string. One thing cannot happen without the other, without the other, without the other. And so that's this season. We're looking at that. And there's where our readings fit in. I'm going to look mainly at the Luke passage to begin with, and there are some fantastic moments that I love looking at, especially verses 41 and 43. This idea that uh, two people have just done the road to Emmaus and come back. Remember, they they met Jesus as they were walking on this road. They're amazed, so they walk all the way back to Jerusalem to tell um, the other believers. And the other believers are astounded, and it's at this moment that we get our reading. Jesus appears, and this happens. He says, hello, it's me, peace be with you. And they're like, oh, I don't think so. I don't, he says, well, look, and he offers him, offers them his body. Look, here's my hands, here's my feet, you can touch them. And they just stood there in disbelief, like, ah, oh, filled with joy and wonder and disbelief. And so he's like, touch me, and oh, no. That's weird. And so he goes a bit further. Goes, okay. Do you have anything to eat? And so they give him some boiled fish, which obviously they get together and they eat. Um. So they've got some boiled fish around. And he eats it, and they don't eat with him. They don't joke with him. They just watch. and he's trying to prove yes this is me yes i'm alive why does he have to do two things could he not just do the one and then go ah you've not cottoned on yet you'll cotton on later don't worry why does he do two things because it is so important that they understand that jesus has risen from the dead it's so important because if jesus hasn't risen from the dead then none of the rest can happen It matters, matters more than anything else in this moment. And whenever he uh, finally talks to them in verses 46 and 47, he says, yes, it was written long ago that Messiah will suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. You've seen the suffering, you've seen the dying. And now I have managed to persuade you with body and fish that, I am alive, I have written on the third day. But it's also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Now, in our new living, as I've just read, there is a full stop between verses 46 and 47. But you don't find that in any of the other Bibles. I suspect they put a full stop so that you take a break and a breath And it's easier to understand. But in the New King James, in the NRSV, even in the old NIV, there is no full stop there. There is a comma. That's because they're not two separate ideas. It's one idea. That Jesus, the Messiah, would die and rise and the message would be proclaimed. So it's not a second, it's like a one plus. So Jesus had to explain part one so that they would understand and the one plus would follow. Let me read it from the NIV so that you can see. Luke 24, verses 46 and 47. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. It's a flow. There is no full stop. One thing follows one thing. If you don't have the first, you can't have the second. You can't have the first without the second. It is one idea plus, not two ideas. You can't stop after the first and say, no, we are done. Because God is not done. It's a continuum. It's read right the way through. Let's read it again then and he said yes it's written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day it's also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent let's have a little think we know that the first bit's right because we've seen Jesus And we've seen him with his disciples so therefore we know the second bit is as right as the first because it's not two ideas it's one plus so if the first bit's right the second bit is right the disciples have seen the first and they will see the second so so very soon but the second and the first are one when we look at our acts reading we see this same pattern we see it again and again we see it in verses 14 15 16 let's look at it verses 14 15 16 what's happened is um peter has has spoken to this man who was a cripple and he stood up and he danced and then they're talking about what's happened and Jesus uh, and Peter takes the while you're watching let me just tell you you rejected this holy righteous one instead of demanding the release of a murderer so Jesus rejected you killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead so Jesus suffered died and risen verse 15 and we are witnesses to this fact so Peter is saying that pattern: Jesus suffered, died, rose from the dead. That that's where he is. That verse forty-six. Another reading. Here we go. We are witnesses to this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. And there we have verse forty-seven, going from verse forty-six. Jesus suffered, died, risen from the dead, and in the authority of his name, and by his spirit, this man is healed. And the gospel is proclaimed. Friends, I realise that you and your leaders didn't know what was done, so repent of your sins and turn to God. The end of verse 47. We again see it in verses 18 and 19. Well, it's a quick summary again, but God is fulfilling all all the prophets have foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent. It's this pattern. The thing is, have you seen this pattern? Do you know this pattern? Yes, we've just done Easter. We've just remembered and celebrated Christ's suffering and death and rising from the dead absolutely but we remember that it's not a full stop it's a comma and so therefore coming from that must be verse 47 it's written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in jerusalem there's forgiveness for sins for all who repent we i think In this country over the last 2,000 years or so. We get a bit stuck. We can see in this in this continuum or this coin with two sides or this idea in half that Peter was able to recognize the risen Christ and then see the evidence of the authority of Jesus name in his life and in the people around him, and help people to understand that when they give themselves to Jesus, then he changes what they find scary into what they find good, and there is freedom and forgiveness. But what stops us? I know that I know and I am a witness of the resurrected Jesus. I know Jesus rose from the dead. I know it in my heart. I know it in every cell of my body. But why do I therefore not work on the authority of his name? Why do I see people suffering and not take and stand underneath the authority of his name? Why am I okay with a half sentence and not completion. It's interesting that verses 46 and 47 from Luke that Jesus is talking about, there's one bit where Jesus takes the weight as it were. Jesus died and rose on the third day and sent his Spirit. All we have to do is proclaim this hope to the nations. And as every nation turns and follows Jesus, we see more of God's glory in all these different ways as God speaks to different contexts in different ways. We see more of what God is. We can only win. But that's the point where we get stuck. So I think we need to be honest with ourselves. We get um, sidetracked by a faith that says that we give our heart to Jesus And he makes our lives blessed. And that is enough. But that is not what God is asking of us. And this sin, that gets in the way of us completing what Jesus has told us to do time and again. We must call it out as sin. All our reasons, all our excuses. God has made us able by his spirit. And given us the authority of his name. So there are no reasons. We should either be proclaiming the risen Christ as saviour. Through acts of wonders and works. Through healings like Peter. Or by words. Or we should be praying and serving those who are doing it. There doesn't seem to be another option. I'm going to read it again. And yes, he said, it is written that this message, he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. And we believe that, church. We have seen that and known that. And that's what Jesus has done. It is also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness for all who repent. I left out the word sins because it feels bad. But if I don't leave it out, then I can't point it out that we are full of it. And we show our sin when we do not do what Christ has told us to do. So I'm asking you to be honest with yourselves. Why don't we do it? Because I'm worried. Why are you worried? Because I'm worried about what people will think. Why are you worried about what people will think? Because I'm putting what people think above what God thinks. I'm worried because I don't have a good voice. Okay, So why are you worrying about your voice? It's God's authority. Whatever your worry is, whatever your fear is, look down and ask why. And you'll find at the core, at the end, that you don't possibly trust in God as much as you might do. So this is a repent ye, sinner, sermon. We have a job to do. Let's see if we can do it. The time is now. God has given us his spirit and his authority and there is nothing standing in our way. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you give us your spirit of power. Thank you that you give us your name of authority. Thank you that anyone who calls in your name will be saved. Thank you that you include us in your promise, your promise to the world, your story. Father, we're sorry for when we let our sin get in the way of your promise and your mission. Cleanse us by your Spirit and heal us so that we could live life to your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.